Hello everyone, I'm Rob Warner. And I'm Elliot Jackson. And this is Just Ride, a new cycling podcast from Red Bull. Let's go. I've just come fifth in Kona. I've won, I'm on the trajectory. The team's letting me race at this level. This is just a dream come true. And how long was Paris-Roubaix that day? Just to clarify before you went for your little half marathon run. 270 kilometres. <laughs> yeah. You are not wired yeah. up, right, my friend? <laughs> yeah. And there can't be anyone else on earth that can do that, right? Not at the moment. No, 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 no not really, no. And, uh... Yep, just casual. <laughs> Welcome everyone to Just Ride, a cycling podcast from Red Bull. I'm Rob Warner. And I'm Elliot Jackson. How are you today, Rob? I'm very well. <laughs> okay. I've had a great weekend, actually. Thanks for asking. Oh, what happened? Tell me I about it. I went for the first time in about a year to a mountain bike world cup, which was a bit of a personal, yeah, achievement. I'm going to go with achievement. I felt very pleased with myself mm. for uh, managing to get back to one because, uh, yeah, it was it was it was hanging over me a bit. I needed it was something I needed to tick off. Yeah, totally. And I mean, what better one to do it at than well, than exactly. France like that. And I'm not going to miss Leger, am I? Right. You know what I mean? Leger yeah. in France, probably. You know, we come from downhill. Yeah. It's very difficult to say, but no one <laughs> on the planet does downhill quite like the French. Yeah. Well, so you know, it, last and we year, were treated to a spectacle. It was. I think it was insane because last year you and I were in the commentary box and we saw after you know Loic won all these French fans running through the finish line. And this time yeah. we were there yeah. in the gaggle of, of the crowd yeah. running down. No, it's fine. Yeah, that's totally. No, it was, it was, it was amazing that, 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 you know, like you say, I haven't watched a mountain bike world cup in 16 years because yeah, I commentated on sure. all of them for that amount yeah, yeah, of time. Yeah. So to be outside and to see that moment, to uh-huh. see Benoit Coulon, yeah. who's been trying for so long to actually deliver on home in front of that adoring French crowd, that was a very, very special moment. Now, I'll probably never forget, actually. It was amazing. It yeah, was. We were both, let's be honest, Elliot. We were both nearly in tears oh, at that yeah, moment. It was sure. so brilliant. I, uh, yeah. I mean, like to see him and Marine come back. Yeah, but I, yeah. I mean, Benoit, I started riding with him you know, early in his career, and it's been 11 years yeah. that he's been trying. And I uh, went up to him after, after he'd sprayed champagne and everything. I gave him a hug, and he was like, you know, Thanks for always believing in me. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. When you told me that, I nearly burst into tears. Oh yeah, goodness. amazing. No, it was, a, it was a great weekend. A success on all levels. Okay. Well, from one cycling discipline, maybe, or from one location to audio, I'll think of a better segue next time. But we are keen to hear from you on the Just Ride podcast. So if you want to have your message shouted out, possibly, or if you want to suggest future topics, Shoot us a line at podcast at redbull.com or hit us up on socials. And that leads me to ask you, who is a guest this week? Who's Um, on? I am glad you asked because we have Cameron Wolf. He is one of the very best triathletes in the world. He's won Ironmans. He's raced Grand Tours on the road. He's a rower. He's been in the Olympics. (laughs) This is the same guy I'm talking about all of this. But before we get stuck into that, I want to quiz you a little bit on on some iron man knowledge so right. uh yeah so the iron man is the okay, hardest okay, form okay. of triathlon right? okay. i do know that is that right i i'm not qualified to answer that uh, but <laughs> but right. i am gonna ask you some questions i do have some the answer to the first one is how long is the swimming leg of an iron man i'm gonna say 3.2 miles okay let me get my paper here that is correct yeah, no, that's just, actually wrong. No, it's not. I just read that's, it off that piece of paper in your hand. That's 3.8 k. <laughs> <laughs> not 3.2 miles? No. <laughs> no, that's sure? not. I'm sure. Okay, I'm, all right. All right. Okay. I was close. I was close. One answer is wrong. I got the papers now in my hand. Two so out of three will do. Hit me up with the others. <laughs> okay. How long's the bike leg? It's about 200 kilometers in length, usually. It's basically I mean, a full stage of a Tour de France. That is true, but... I, I mean, know I, how they finish it off. I am looking for more specificity there. Oh, really? So, yeah, 180. That, Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And how long's the run? 26 miles. Uh, Full marathon. Yeah, it is. 26.2? Okay. There we is go. Is it 26.2? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. even know how I knew that. <laughs> I just guessed okay. that. That just came out of my mouth. Okay. And then uh, what's the world record Ironman time? Poor, that's a question. That is, yeah. Four hours. No. It's... Six hours. 
No. Not more. It's more. No, it's not. Well, did you know the numbers that you just... All right. uh, yeah, yeah, when you put it like that. The three-mile swim, that's got to take... They don't do 10 mile an hour. <laughs> I don't so know. So I'm going to say an hour. <laughs> they probably swim at three miles an hour. <laughs> There's bike ride. Okay. It's all in the tour, six hours at least. Yep. Uh, we're up to seven. And then the run, a marathon at the end. How long does a marathon take? Three hours? It's, they're not out there for eight or not. They're not. They're it's, not. Okay. You were, that's, that's good deduction there. Uh, it was 727. Yeah. They do seven hours and 27 minutes of utter and absolute pain. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. Yeah, give me, give me, give me. So, Rob, we, we both might have been a little bit sketchy on those answers, but our guest today knows them like the back of his hand. He does. <laughs> I want you to give me your best intro. Give me the best introduction you've ever given anyone in your life. It needs to be big for this fellow. Yeah, 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 yeah. A man who, I mean... Well, I don't even know where to start. A man who started life, his professional sport in life, as a rower, taking in an, a, a world championship gold medal, competing at the Olympics as one of the very, very best rowers in the world. He then transitioned to cycling. and was a professional cyclist taking part in grand tours all over the planet, the hardest cycling races in the world. He then decided, perhaps I've had enough for now of suffering. I'm going to put my feet up for six years. Before that break, only fired him up to say, what is the hardest, most ludicrous thing I can do to myself? How can I push myself harder than I ever have before? Oh, I know. I can do triathlon, where they run, they cycle, and they swim. And on top of that, while I'm doing that, I'm going to go back to the Ineos Grenadiers and be teammates with Tom Pidcock and everyone else and be a professional cyclist too. That's who we're talking Thanks for joining us, Cam. I definitely want to say, first things first, how was the Ironman World Championships yesterday? Yeah, it was a long, hot day in the sun down here in Nice. So, um, yeah, and you sort of wake up, depending on how you perform, it sort of dictates a lot of the aches and the pains and right. things that you uh, you feel, and then obviously the emotions. Um, obviously, if you do really well, nothing seems to hurt. You feel like you could go and do it again. And if you got your teeth kicked in, which I kind of did yesterday, you kind of feel like you got your teeth kicked in. So it's not much different to winning a, winning a downhill World Cup or crashing out. Right. <laughs> Pretty so similar. A bit more physical effort. And well, yeah, definitely, I... definitely a bit more physical effort involved in winning an Ironman. I mean, we were on the bike for about three or four minutes. So I don't know if we can compare that, but yeah. It's relative. It's all relative. And so how did you do? Yeah, I was 14, uh, which, you know, it was, I guess every, I've been now, uh, that would have been my, so I've been 17th, 9th, 5th, 11th, 4th, so 5th time. Mm. Um, I've never been outside the top 20, yeah. uh, but in that time, I guess when I came in, the level of the sport in, back in 2017 wasn't, you know, I mean, it was obviously a high level, but not certainly like it is now. Um, you know, the COVID sort of boom of everything sport yeah. related has sort of, I wouldn't say that the, t the highest level of the sport has sort of changed much. You know, the best guys are kind of similar type guys. And right. the, the standard to win hasn't changed a lot, but there's just more in that next group. Sure. And if you get it wrong, instead of being fifth, you're 14, you know, and um, and that's, that's sort of the big thing. So there's a lot of intensity there. When things start going wrong, someone's snapping at your heels. It's not like you can say, oh, shoot, I'll just take 10K to gather my marbles here and we'll get back to work. You know, the next thing, five guys have zigged past you and you're, you know, dealing with the demoralization of that plus oh. the fact that you feel like crap. Yeah, <laughs> and, um, I mean, it's, it's you know, interesting that you say that because yeah. is is anything but a world championship a, a disappointment at this point? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, being fifth it was my best and obviously the next thing is, you know, the podium or in reality, you know, it's only about being world champion, isn't it? I mean, I, I've, I've actually won one in rowing and that's something I'm proud of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you don't really think about the placing, I guess, after that. It's like it's the one day, isn't it, of the year that being the winner is all that really counts. You know, that's yeah. the thing that'll stay in the history yeah. books forever. So, and that's, I guess, why it's sort of disappointing because I certainly didn't race to try to get my best result, you know, as far as trying to get 14th and maybe get a 10th or an 8th you know I I went out there trying to win and it didn't work out the way I wanted it to and in the end I was you know exposed and got pummeled at the finish <laughs> on the run so 
by a bunch of guys. So, um, yeah, but hey, it's championship day. I mean, you got to go for it, don't you? It's yeah, all for sure. I mean, can you can you talk us through a little bit about uh, how it went? Maybe a little play by play. We definitely want to. We Rob and I are not endurance athletes. <laughs> so no, that's right. <laughs> Tell us about you know like which is the discipline that suits you the best, the distances, which yeah, one you find harder. Because yeah. you come from rowing, right? As you said, you had a world championship gold. Yeah. To me, that doesn't lead ideally in a running, cycling or swimming. Just no, saying. No. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I guess with swimming, that was sort of the hardest thing because I obviously did cycling in between, you know, the, the world tour level, um, those two sports. So, but the, the memory from rowing kind of does come back a bit in swimming when I'm trying to learn to swim at that level. I mean, I'm, these guys are quite world-class at swimming and swimming is the interesting one because it's kind of the only time we're, you know, racing, you know, like mm. there's a starting line, you know, it's, it's 50 minutes. It's yeah. kind of pretty much at threshold that first 50 minutes. And then once you get on the bike, it kind of settles down a bit, you know, people kind of have to start, you know, people can push the pace. Like someone like myself is always going to try and do that and make the race hard. Right. And others make their decision. Do we try to follow or do we ride at our pace knowing that we can then run well? You know, whereas I just sort of go for it and just cross my fingers that I'll be able to run afterwards. Sometimes <laughs> you can, sometimes you can't. And um, but yeah, so basically the the rowing is a little bit helpful there. And particularly yesterday, often we start on the beach, so it's a run into the water, which being Australian is kind of good. You know, we grow up on the beach, so yeah. you're used to that. So I, I'm generally pretty good at that part anyway. But this the water starts are actually also I'm fortunately that's one part I am good at because. You remember the concept of rowing, the importance of moving the boat those first few strokes. You know, if you just rip it, you just waste those strokes and the boat doesn't really go anywhere. So having the right technique there. So this was a deep water start and you sort of, you know, it's pretty physical. You know, you're kind of jostling, you know, people, everyone's trying to get close to the best swimmers because, you know, drafting and swimming is huge. I mean, it's no different than on the bike. You know, it could be 30% type thing, saving energy. It's massive. No like, way. it's absolutely unbelievable how much. And unfortunately, I found that out the hard way yesterday during the swim. And so, what happens if you lose it, like, lose a leg or whatever? Like, you you know, I know about it in, in bikes, like, lose <laughs> so they, a tire, but. And I guess they drag the water in the right direction, yeah. do they? That's what it is. It's like. Exactly. It's, it's sort of like slipstreaming. Yeah, you right. know? in so the water. The goal is to either swim directly behind the feet, almost the best thing, which is what I try and do is swim. You're not really swimming properly. You're sort of doggy paddling either side of their feet. No so way. So you sort of just literally oh, I feel like yeah, that's my like kind of thing. Getting Get dragged through the water, <laughs> paddle. you know, by them. Like you're literally, you know, like this, and the feet are like this close to your nose. Oh, so you're just trying to not, not get kicked that. in the face. And obviously, if they know you, yeah, if they know you're doing that, they flick their feet up, really? you know, because they. You, would you know because you don't want someone following yeah. you do you guys get hit um, like the, hit a lot like kicked a lot and oh yeah i mean there's arms and stuff going everywhere unfortunately i've never copped any massive hits to the face i've copped some hits to the back of the head but yeah the other way is swim on their hip you swim beside them and sort of drag off their hip because that's sort of pushing water so you're kind of getting sort of pushed along and sure. where it sort of the water starts to displace Huh. And that's really annoying to the person that you're doing it to because you're kind of holding them up. You're kind of slowing them down. Really? So I always try and avoid people doing that to me, even though I'm there fighting to like swim on someone's feet, but then some bozo's right beside me trying to pull me off them basically. <laughs> and I'm like, mate, I'm flat out. I'm flat out trying to stay here and you're going to get us both dropped. Right, you right. Know? And so, but in the end, I'm the one sniveling as well. So, you know, you really, you got to keep reminding yourself, wait a minute, you bellend. You're the one trying to follow this other bloke. Like yeah. this guy can do whatever he wants. So anyway, that sort of is, as the sports have progressed, the swim has become very decisive. You know, the, there's a lot, the cycling is probably the biggest thing that's changed since my time in the sport. And I'm probably, I mean, without sounding like a douche, a, a lot to do with that. Because when I came in, I, you know, lowered the cone of, like bike course right. record, for example, by around 10 minutes. Which is but insane. I How but much? I couldn't run. 10 minutes. Yeah, well, I wasn't a good runner at that point. This is back in 2018. And so they would, the good runners would sort of let me go and give me 10 minutes knowing that they could run 15 minutes quicker and run me down. Sure. And, but then I started to learn to run in 2019. So then all of a sudden they all rocked up and they could all ride close to my speed and still run mm. that fast. So they're still yeah. back. And... And the sports kind of continue to evolve like that. So I, I guess I kind of missed my window to, you know, take advantage of it. I was, I probably showed a bit too much in those days. Yeah. Um, so now I've got to figure out another way. 
So anyway, now the swim has become very decisive because there's a lot of strong guys. So you get a big pack out of the water that are strong on the bike also. And just that moving mass of the front of the race, it just moves really quickly. And um, so the, the swim's really crucial. So, you know, I was in a perfect spot. I was on feet, I literally like swimming on right. top of them and just in following the exact guys that I needed to follow. The guys that ended up second and, and third, um, the guy that won, he's amazing at everything. He was in, just in the front group, just a few seconds ahead. Uh-huh. I wasn't wor- too worried about him. I was more worried about this group than I could hold on to. And um, yeah, two and a half K in, it just, there was an acceleration, you know, some things just happen and I'm not in control of what's going on. Sure. So I can't, I've just got to try and keep following. And I just started to lose the feet. And luckily I knew there was a few behind me and they sort of jumped around me and I kind of sniveled to grab onto their feet for a bit and held on for a bit and then started to drop. And then the next guy came around yeah. me and then boom. And then all of a sudden they're, they're gone. You know, it's just like on a bike. Right. Like, I was going to say that. It's, it's, it's so, it seems so similar to crazy. like a world tour racer, you know, like we would see. It's identical. Like in a crosswind, you see the guy in the gutter and he's hanging on and hanging on and then boom, he's, you know, yeah. out the back and bleeding time. And in that last, you know, 1,000 meters, 1,200 meters maybe, I probably lost a minute and a half, like Did a significant you? amount of time to that group. Yeah. And in some ways it was good because I was able to then grab my breath, sort of take it a bit easier. Um, yeah, get ready for the ride because I'm like, right, I'm going to have to ride and run quicker than I've ever run, you know, better than I've ever done it before now to try and win this thing. But yeah, what ended up happening was, you know, the guy that won, he was in that front group. He sort of stayed at that distance ahead for a long time, two and a half minutes, three minutes. And then the other guy was in the middle that was sort of the other stronger guy on the bike. He stayed a minute and a half ahead of me. And we kind of just moved through the whole bike course like that. Sure. And there was one other guy sort of dangled in between so by the time I got off the bike, we, were, you know, I was fourth, and still kind of within a shot, more so of the podium. The guy in the lead, and then in the last part, and you know, I've been in the lead of that race before, and there's, you know, the last part of that race, I don't know what happens, but you just seem to go faster. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah, like yeah. The energy of the world championship right, is like, yeah, it, you just all of a sudden just disappear up the road, and when you're that guy, you're like, oh, this is awesome, yeah, because you know, I feel great. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm taking minutes out of these fools. But when you're the one at the back and you see the time board going on. up and you know you're still going, just you're just like, oh, this sucks. Um, but anyway, started the run in a pretty well. And back to that, I was the course was quite for an Ironman was quite technical here in Nice. We went up around Col de Vence in that area, and so we had about two and a half thousand meters of climbing, and it was basically a big climb, a bit of a plateau, and a bit of rolling, and then a quite a long descent, 40, 50 k, and. Yeah, I spend a lot of time riding with Tom in Andorra, Peacock, and I mean, every descent, it's just like full gas. Like, he might doddle up, but then every time it comes to going downhill, it's just boom. So, inadvertently, my skills have improved. Yeah. And so, I was like, I'm going to rail this descent. And I was in the bars, and I thought I knew it all really well, and not only knows how or why, but I forgot a corner. And it was either try to make it and wash out, or scrub as much speed off, hit the bank, and just hope that I don't break myself on the bike. <laughs> so I did. I, I went for that option, <sighs> hit the bank, catapulted over the bars, oh. ended up up the bigs. I got dirt and crap all over me. But remarkably, there was. I just passed the guy in fifth, and he must have blown hard. So I, he didn't catch me. I got back. I came. Obviously, you stand up, check if anything's broken. Good you know, grief. cyclist style. Quickly jump back on the bike. The chain was off, but that was it. And, you know, off I went and kept going on the descent. And um, and I was fine. I mean, there's barely a scratch on me. I mean, it was, it was, it was, I was definitely like 60K an hour. I, I hit this bank. No way. Um, Are you really that bike. fast? Yeah, that it seems insane. Oh, yeah. I just completely missed the corner. Like, <laughs> and the disc wheel and everything, I thought for sure something was broken. It was just remarkable. Like, I was just so lucky. And anyway, down the descent, go off the bike. You know, I was in fourth and sort of only a minute or so behind second and third. The guy in the front, as I said, had disappeared. So I started the run, you know, flat out to try and stay there, you know, try and fight for that podium top five type thing. And, um, yeah, I got I the the swim, the sniveling, mm. the being the, the smart mm-hmm. guy, swimming mm-hmm. on top of the feet, come back to bite me on the butt a bit, quite literally. And um, I guess I must have just been swallowing a lot of, salt water because uh, I was literally like hit out of the water you know and people they're kicking and there's water going everywhere like a wild. like a speedboat 
propeller and I was probably just copying, you know, heaps of water in my mouth. And as soon as I started running, I kind of felt it in the first 10K, but I was like, uh, it should be fine. I took some Imodium. I have that always emergency. <laughs> but yeah. Carry after Imodium. Like, after like, after like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, you have to, because you know this can happen. Wow. And then after like 15K, I just had, luckily there happened to be, you know, a, a porter jump pretty much in proximity. And um, oh gosh, as I came out, the guy that was in, the guy that was in fifth came past and then, you know, I tried to get myself together, but that was sort of the beginning of the end. I had to stop again, and um, you obviously oh struggle to keep, God. you know. I didn't imagine it, like, having to deal with that at a world championship. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, well, the race just kind of deteriorated pretty well from there. I went yeah. from you know, fourth back <laughs> to makes ulti- sense, ultimately, Cam. <laughs> ultimately 14, you know. I'm feeling yeah. rough with it. 25K like that is a long way. Oh. Yeah, I mean, on the bike, you can probably kind of deal with it because you can roll a bit, but when you're running... And not only that, but the crowd, you know, and you're yeah. still up there. Like I was still in the top ten forever, yeah, and yeah. and just hurting like hell. And everyone's go, Cam, you doing? You know, you're like okay, I'll try. <laughs> oh you know, you just find the toilet, so, and you're trying to squeeze your squeeze your cheeks together at the same time, and you know, smile. You know? Yeah, so um, yeah, it just didn't pan out so well for me this time. This is this is so wild because I mean what you just described is probably about three months of like my life. You know what I mean? Like swimming, like endurance sports in general. What, what drew you to endurance sports in the first place? I mean, I I definitely want to get into cycling and, and your, um, you racing on the world tour, but like, what is it about endurance sports that motivates you? Yeah. I don't know. It's honestly, that's a really interesting question because Ever since when I was rowing, like when I, I remember when I was 17, 16, 17, like, you know, first aiming to get into junior worlds, for example. And I do these things called six hour Saturdays. And I like, we'd row in the mornings. You always row on a Saturday, you know, on the weekend. It'd always be the bigger, longer row when you're a kid. You know, that might be an hour and a half, maybe two hours. You know, then I'd go to do weights. So that might be another hour or so. And then maybe you get on the rowing machine for an hour. And then I'd do the rest on the bike. Or sometimes I'd just get on the bike for a few hours. And then it became, you know, when I was 18, 19, I moved into the more, you know, under 23 elite category. It became eight hours Saturdays, you know, and, and I just like add a bit of combination of di- different activities, you know, and I just loved it. Like I used to get, I always, <laughs> I've always had Sunday off, you know, I always like to have one day a week off. I was at the um, Institute of Sport when I had my best sort of years rowing and that was the rule. Like they literally lock on Sundays, they just lock the place down. Like you right. cannot right. access any sporting equipment. Yeah, they just you you can't go in like it, it's 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 off, you know. And they put on the eggs and bacon, and the teller comes out in the kit dining hall. It's like a you know a day of rest, you know, like just enjoy yourselves, relax, because you got a hard another week of training next week. And and so I I'm always sort of adopted that approach. So I do this big day to sort of finish that, you know, finish the week, and then you'd have your rest day. And um and I used used to didn't matter how ruined I'd get, you know, you'd bonk pretty much you know get yeah. hunger flat every time right. you know like yeah. and no knowledge of, if you don't no, bonk, as a then role, like you, you didn't no try hard enough of, exactly like as a role you got no knowledge of your nutrition for anything more than six minutes um and so <laughs> and but you, i just loved it i used to remember i had a smile on my face all the time and i guess that was when i thought about you know how cool it would be to do cycling which ultimately you know i evolved you know ended up switching to and and then i guess iron man was like a natural progression of that because it's literally eight hours of doing a few different activities, right. you know? Yeah. So um, it's kind of a sport made for me, I guess. And rowing leads, does rowing, do you use the same muscles in rowing and cycling? Is that how you could transition from, because I, I live in Enley on Thames, which you probably know is a bit of a rowing town. And I used to see the Olympic four yeah. of Redgrave and Pinson and that. They were always out on the road bikes around me, you know? They did do a lot of cycling, yeah. I noticed. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's always been a big part of the cross training for, for, for rowing. Yeah. So, um, I guess it's non non weight bearing, you know, as well, like rowing is. So there's uh there's that element to it. But you know, rowing you can't really spend more than an hour or two in a boat. You know, it's a long, long time to be sitting on your butt on in a boat and yeah. your hands get ripped up and you know, all all that. And so the the smarter rowers have always found other you know, the Nordic guys would wait to do a lot of cross country skiing yeah. or any of those activities where they could do build that big endurance base. Um, and most obviously, you know, choose cycling. So I think it's, um, 
yeah, I wouldn't say it's like a, a master plan of that. Like it's a perfect crossover. It just sort of is that, you know, it's a, it's an activity you can do that complements rowing. Yeah. And then some of the, some of us end up then, you know, taking it a bit of a step further and go, oh, you know, I actually want to race on that as well or instead or whatever. And that's kind of how that, that kind of goes. But um, yeah, it's more like that weight bearing thing, I think. Um, and the ability that, you know, you could go running, but it's kind of like rowing. Uh, kind of like rowing. You mean you can, if you run it for one or two hours or three hours, like I do yesterday. But that's sort of like the maximum you really right, want to do yeah, it. Cool. You don't really want to run for three hours very often. So, no. whereas you can go for a ride and do all that, and and works a different energy system that you really can't train that way doing any other activity. So. I think that's how that sort of comes about. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Tom Pitcock earlier. I thought it was really interesting. You, well, I guess actually first you you took a break from cycling in two, 2015. What what brought that about? Yeah, well, to be honest, I I guess I was. It's funny because I was basically in a sim. Well, not a similar role, but a, as far as the team goes, the same sort of role. You just you know you're domestic. You're kind yeah. of the dog's body, the dish pig. <laughs> Uh, which the at the time body. when I you know, joined the world tour, that was that was quite an honor because I did it for Peter Sagan at that point. You know when he yeah. we sort of basically turned professional together and raced a bunch with him, and that was that was awesome. But you know I got to close to thirty, and I was like, you know, I don't know if I really want to spend my most productive years of my life doing this. And was I'd it... always wanted to work in finance because that's what I did at university. Uh, so interesting. I decided to um, move to the US and and sort of pursue a career there and. Huh. Yeah, I basically had a about eighteen months sort of doing that, and at the same time, just you know, it's pretty hard to just go cold turkey on sport. Um, you know, I'd done a couple of, I've done a bunch of different things, bike related, some gravel races, a bit of mountain biking. Yeah, Mikey Day actually, I'd spent a lot no of time way, with him really? out there. Did you ride BMX or like how did that come about? Yeah, well, Mike Day. I mean, what he was silver medalist at the Olympics, like Beijing yeah. on the BMX, and. Um, and then he did some enduro, uh, and then he sort of wanted to do downhill. So he, that was actually at that time he was actually starting to ride the road bike and trying to get right. some fitness and all of that. And he was just finding it so incredibly challenging. And yeah. I was like, God, how can you be so good at that? But then when he would tell me more about his training right. for the bit, I was blown away. Like three hundred RPM, two thousand watts, crazy. Like the specificity of that horsepower that he would generate yeah. was just mind-boggling like and so you could understand how his body was just so tuned to to that yeah um it was so interesting so, for me because he he actually lives like right right down the street from no me way. yeah and he uh we would ride we would ride bikes together we used to go and ride this uh this uh nosco ride near me on road bikes but he yeah. was telling me some stories and uh he was like yeah if, if i went into the gym and i couldn't put up these numbers i would just go home for the day, I wouldn't even ride because yeah. it wasn't worth it. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I was living out in Calabasas. So that was 15, 16. Um, yeah. I moved into Santa Monica after that. But um, yeah, we every every Saturday afternoon, we go mountain biking. Like a big group of Dave Sabrisky and, you know, uh, Robbie Schaefer, the guy who owns Peddler's Fork out there, totally. kind of the hub, I get some cycling, the heart and soul of LA cycling. Yeah. Thursday nights, we had ride and pint on the, on the you know, enduro bikes and, you know, put the light on and go out and do some night riding. So, um, yeah, I was always on bikes and different things, keeping active. But I did a couple of triathlons and I'd always wanted to do Hawaii. I mean, I always just wanted to go as an age group. I just followed the sport as a kid and really admired the Australians that had been successful there. And um, I hadn't actually done any triathlons, but I thought, you know, why not give it a go now? Because I got the time and I knew I'd be able to get through the bike league and I could swim okay. And I actually qualified for it. But then I did a race in, uh, in Whistler, Canada. And uh, then the next weekend, I mother made about you probably know Mark Weir. He invited <laughs> yeah. me to be begging me to go to this Downeyville, Downeyville mountain no bike way. classic, mountain bike thing. You've yeah. done like I went up every there single mountain, like cycling <laughs> yeah. discipline. Yeah. Like you, you, oh yeah, wait, yeah, this is too much. Yeah. So Mark took me down a run at his house one day. Um, called suicide. No, we don't make her. He called it. Suicide and, is um, literally in my backyard. in my backyard. He sent me down this thing, and next thing I went over, the bike came down, and I went, <laughs> and there's like a chain ring just like oh come God. through my chin, like just the teeth. And uh, yeah, every time I went to his house, something happened to me. Like I just got nuked. But yeah, he's he's great, mate. I, I actually saw him just, um, yeah, just after Kona last year in October. I went to stay with him, and he hasn't changed. He, I, yeah, never will. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway, so he had me in Downeyville and I went up there and we were just watching, like supporting the guys and and um, and watching the event. And uh, yeah, and he took me down a downhill run. And I don't know what made me think I wouldn't put on my just, I was just, I'd always wear flats like shoes. And um, just so when I did crash, I could sort of eject. And sure. uh, for whatever reason, this particular day, I just would on sand shoes, like thinking we were just going up to watch it and we we're just going to sort of slide down. But of course, I should have known better with Mark. It's never just like a little slide down. And yeah, I jagged my foot on a, on a, you know, I caught a, I caught a tree stump and sort of pulled me back. And I snapped a couple of metatarsals. Oh, so that grief. sort of ruined the whole Kona thing right. in that the next, 10 weeks to go eight weeks to Kona I was going to be in a plaster cast so but of course being me and thinking well I just want to go and do it any you know one day even if I have to walk I still went with a broken foot um like I just got it off when I the day you know the day that I flew over and um yeah I mean it was pretty crazy because the age group has start behind all the pros so I still swam okay because just naturally you can swim and I was still obviously could ride okay and you know you, you sort of you know, get away from all the age groupers and you start catching all the pro women. And I caught all, almost caught, like Daniela Reef was leading and I almost caught her and we were just getting past the airport close to town. And then she started pulling away from me and I'm like, oh, so I'm hiding behind my driver. And then sort of just shuffled through the run. But obviously being there, it's kind of lit a bit of a fuse, you know, yeah. like, um, wow, this is pretty cool. But I never really thought about taking it seriously. But, then when I went back to LA and just the, you know, the guys, Mike, we were like, God, you should really give that sport a real go. Like, huh. you know, you're still old enough to be able to do it. Mike at the time was trying to transition to another sport. He's yeah. like, I don't want to stop doing it. Hey, it's the best job in the world. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, and I kind of ummed and arm for another six months and, and into, into the next year. And then, um, well, about 12 months really. And then, yeah, just sort of, sort of a culmination of things being back in Australia and, Chris Froome being in Australia and my old rowing coach being Chris's coach and you know, wow. George used to work with. I ended up training with Chris randomly and then all of a sudden I ended up back involved with the, with the team and you know, no way. there was obviously a lot of success. There's a lot of success in that period and you know, I developed into, you know, a decent triathlete. And yeah, it was pretty incredible. That is, now we've got people like Tom there, you know. That is in what a story like yeah. I mean, you you literally you know stopped and then it seems like you you tried out like every single different cycling discipline. I we had uh, Payson McElveen on the podcast just earlier. Just for fun because I'd never done it, you know, like it, for sure. I just not ridden mountain bikes or anything. I was quite I was interested. Yeah, oh, Payson. Yeah, well, he, we've ridden me with him out there when he's there in the winter as well. Yeah, because you did you did Unbound, right? Yeah, I did that last year. Yeah, oh. yeah. The team sent me that. God, that was a long day. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's you saying it yeah, as well. You say it's a no long way. day. It's a two hundred mile gravel race, and uh, is I, that what it is? I went out there uh, too just to check it out this year, and I've never seen so yeah. many gnarly people just crack. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, it's it's patience, and you. I mean, you get to a point. I guess for me, it was. I kind of thought it was all this fun thing, but then you rock up there and you realize it's not fun. It's like the world championships of these guys. It like, actually okay, is. That's a race. great way to put it. So you start with that mentality. You're trying to drop everyone, but then I got a flat tire and I was trying to like wave people down to give me a hand. No, I'm, I mean, then I realized, oh, that's right. It's a race. So, and I had no idea how to fix it. Flag I hadn't thought about down. that. So, you know, I ended up on the side of the road for an hour trying to figure out how to you know, pull off a tubeless tire and stick a tube in there and then <laughs> stuff everywhere. And yeah. Anyway. And then the DI, anyway, it was a, it was an experience. I was just in the end, became a, an exercise of getting to the finish for me. Yeah, you know, yeah, I wasn't yeah. competing. Um, and it was crazy muddy that year. So you were walking through stuff and it was a bit of a, bit of an adventure, but, and as sort of things kept going wrong, I was like, well, whatever happens, if I have to, I know I can run at least half of this distance. So <laughs> oh, my I'm getting goodness. to the finish. <laughs> Wait, so, yeah, speaking speaking about running and cycling at the same time, so you raced Paris-Roubaix, which is super gnarly, and then you went and ran a marathon after? No, no, just a half marathon. Pa oh, yeah. oh, oh, sorry. Stay corrected. Okay. Sorry. Oh, yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah. Did you really or not? Yeah. Did you really do that? I definitely did that, yeah. Ah. And, I mean, there was a big crash in the Aramburg Forest and we were behind it. And so the front of the race is sort of gone. And our main guy, Filippo Garner, was up there anyway. So 
it's not like you're going to catch up <laughs> be gone so you're not really racy after that point anyway so you're all kind of riding to the finish you know you kind of find a group of guys you want to you want to chat with and um you know do suffer with it's still hard to get to the finish it's not easy just to finish that race especially inside the time cut and how long was Parry roubaix that day just to clarify before you went for your little half marathon run <laughs> 270 kilometers. <laughs> yeah. You are not wired yeah. up, right, my friend? Yeah. No one does that. I can't believe it. Well, I go off the bike. Tell you what, I might run back to the hotel. Oh, well, it hasn't been hard enough today. Is that what it was a bit? You didn't feel satisfied? But, you know, the Rubai hadn't delivered enough pain or something? Uh, I just thought about what the sport that I'm faced with, I mean, you know, at that point I was, you know, I had races coming up to qualify for this world championship and, you know, yeah, I guess with the racing, you kind of do lose your routine a bit and lose your opportunities to do the, you know, the key sessions sometimes with all the travel and whatever. And so I just thought, well, this is a great idea to do a run, <laughs> you know, really idea. tired legs, which is kind of what you face, ever. you know, what you face in an Ironman. Yeah. You are committed. And, you are. And so, Cam, I uh, one of the things I, I, I've always thought is really interesting, we, we also talked with Luke Rowe, and, um, and what is that? role like playing the domestic role like you mentioned kind of coming in with peter sagan and now you're doing this sport that is like almost completely individual so why did you want to be a domestic in the first place and um yeah i don't know like that it just seems like such a big shift yeah it's i mean i guess in the first place it was a way into the sport sure. you kind of start that way i mean obviously now you get these feet like tom comes in and he's you know team leader and he can deliver and right same with all these other young phenoms we have. I mean, but that back in those days was it didn't happen. You know, the and it was more probably a hierarchical thing. You know, it was like a respect thing. Like you got to earn your stripes. So I see. even if you could do that, you know, thinking back, we probably had plenty of guys that were capable of doing that. Simon was one of the few that would buck the trend. Uh-huh. You know, he came in and was instantly dominant. Um, but yeah, so you kind of that's how you cut your teeth, and then. Some are good enough to evolve and, you know, grow out of that. I mean, Richie Port and I kind of turned professional at the same time. And, you know, I mean, we sort of traded places at the national championships leading in. So we're, you could say we're at the sort of same level. But, you know, Richie was able to establish himself as a team leader, whereas I never got out of being, you know, the dish pig. Um, I, I mean, I just obviously didn't have what he had um, as far as the ability and the sport, especially once we hit the world tour. Mm. And... And so that was sort of fine. But like I said, I, I enjoyed it. But then when I realized I, I wasn't capable of getting myself out of that, I was like, well, okay, this has been great. But, you know, this mm-hmm. isn't what I really wanted to be defined, defining sure. my sporting yeah. life by, uh-huh. especially after having come from rowing where I had some success, being in the Olympics, et cetera. So, and then, yeah, I was just going to get a job. And then obviously I ended up in triathlon. And so I focused solely and solely on that as I you know, got better and better. And then there was the opportunity to rejoin the team, which, and now I'm back doing the same role. But, you know, I, you know, I think even 14th yesterday, I can still say that I'm one of the better triathletes sure. in the world. Yeah. Um, you know, I generally perform, you know, I'm generally on the podium or winning you're, you're you know, the other good, races. Cam, and, you're pretty good. <laughs> I'm still a factor, you know, in the sport. So I have my opportunity myself. You yeah. know, that's the sport I'm good at. And I can also do a good job helping the guys and I love seeing them succeed. And, and I think I do, I mean, probably ego wise, I do happily do that now and enjoy it because I get to go and have the time for me when I go sure. into an Ironman where it is all on me, be it good or bad. You yeah, know, that's great yeah. when you win or do well. It, but then like yesterday when things don't go well, I mean, it's, it's, it's a hard, real hard one because you just feel horrible about how many people you let down i mean i can imagine in downhill like if you've stuffed up something you've rolled a tire you know missed the corner fucking burped a tire or whatever you know broken your suspension and stuffed everything you think immediately about that whole pit crew down there that have yeah. worked yeah night oh, and day. Yeah. i mean you're a bit dirty on yourself but for me i can i can handle failure because it's happened plenty of time yeah you know luckily i've had some success too but having to look those people in the eye that's the hardest part for me you know right. and and um and and sort of say, you know, God, I didn't get I really am sorry. And so um so yeah, you know, you get to ex- I get to experience that side of it and on my own in, in Iron Man and obviously with the team I'm happy to hide behind <laughs> people like <laughs> people like Tom and just be the just be the dish pig. Right. <laughs> so so right now I just I can't quite get my head around it. You are 
a member of the Ineos Grenadiers, a full-blown professional cyclist who just happens to be one of the top triathlons and manages to fit that in and all the training it required at the same... Is that right? Is that actually what's happening here? You ride for the Ineos Grenadiers, but you just bob off and do the old yeah. Ironman here and there. That, that I just can't... Pretty I have no much, idea yeah. how you can do all that. I mean, running and well, swimming are... Yeah, I mean the team's really good, and and obviously with the worlds, we try to they've tried to give me, you know, as much freedom as possible to prepare as well as I could for yesterday. Um, and earlier in the year, when you have to qualify, that was where it was a little bit more tricky. That's why Roubaix had to take the opportunity because I could during the early part of the year. It's like with the with the classics, for example. I'm in and out of Belgium, and you know other stage races early in the year. I I try and fit in what I can. And when I first came to the team, um, with, you know, with George there, I mean, my first race was at, in Australia, the Cadell Evans race. And I'd just come off the back of fifth in Kona. I'd won a couple of Ironmans that year. You know, I was really on that nice trajectory. Um, this is the beginning of 2020, just before COVID hit. And I did the race and we had a great race that day. It was funny. Luke Rowe, incidentally, he's like, first, you know, after 3K, we turn left and it's crosswinds. And we're just going to whack it in this 200K stage. Cam, you lead us in. Wow. And I'm like, okay, I hadn't raced in six I hadn't raced in six years. I had not done a race in six years. And here I am, like first race, first corner, and I'm putting it in the gutter, <laughs> trying to shell everyone out of the back. And um so we go around this corner, put it in the gutter, shell it, sure enough, you know, three yeah, I'd I'd kind of almost, I'd almost forgotten which side of the road to go on, so I just had to guess. Luckily I got it right. <laughs> and uh, we split the race into a million pieces. And it was funny because there was a bit of a you know, there's a bit of commentary about me coming back in the way I did. You know, no one takes six years away from the sport and just right. waltzes back in with the best team in the world at the time. Yeah. Um, and so, but after that, everyone came up to me. One of my teammates now, actually, Elia Viviani, who was at the time riding for Confidence, he's like, you have raced in six years. I was in the third group. You ruined the sport. It just sort of killed. Yeah, exactly. It just kind of killed the whole, all of that. And I was just welcome back. You know, I was yeah. like, okay, this isn't going to be a novelty. There's nothing that's, you know, he's 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 more than capable of being here. Nothing's changed. And then, um, yeah, and then obviously we had the race and we got through the race. We had a great race. We had a guy that came second, guy that came fifth. And then afterwards, I just sort of put in the hotel and it was 21K back. I thought, like, oh, great. Well, I'll, well, Tim Garrison, actually, the coach, and said, you know, you can run back to the hotel afterwards. So off I went to run back. I've just come fifth in Kona. I've won, I'm on the trajectory. The team's letting me race at this level, splitting it in the, you know, doing yeah. this. And now I'm running. This is just a dream come true. Yeah. And that day I remember up getting lost and I only ran 30K back to the hotel. <laughs> oh so my. it was just like amazing. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then obviously we got back to Europe. Did you get some funny looks? Oh, you took yeah. your cycling shoes off and stuck a pair of trainers on and just casually ran out the end of Paris-Roubaix, I mean. Yeah, no, it was pretty funny because, like, at that race particularly, all the teams, most of the guys ride back as 20K, and a lot of them would pass, but they didn't, like, go, oh, yeah, you're hero. They all smiled. You know, like, good on you. Like, it was quite respectful. So it was, oh. that was a really cool entry back into the sport. Right. Um, yeah. But then, obviously, COVID hit, and that kind of just changed everything. You know, it was... It just made, uh, well, obviously there was no triathlon for a year. And then, you know, even 21, 22, it was quite hard to do it that way because you weren't allowed to leave the bubble. So I couldn't go to pools during races. Uh, and, uh, you know, yeah, it, it became much more difficult to manage. Um, but then this year, finally, we've started to get back to sort of what the objective was, uh, the way of it, you know, me being able to fill in, you know, when the team needs me and when they need a rider. And um, so I'm basically the last guy. I'm number 30. And when there's a, they need a guy like sort of last minute, they call me. Because right. in theory, that shouldn't happen too much. You know, you've got a bunch of riders and they should be all stuck to their plans pretty much. And it's really more the bigger races. That's why I end up at Roubaix because mm. the World Tour races, it's a significant fine for the UCI if you don't have a full team. So that's sort of where uh... I help sort of save money in, in essence for the team. And not only that, but I'm sort of at a level where I'm capable of coming and contributing, obviously. Right. So it's not like they couldn't put put anyone in that spot. They could hire any old person just to go and start, and then they just don't finish and it doesn't matter. But I guess I'm, you know, I actually can offer a bit to the team as well. And, um, and yeah, so that's sort of 
that's sort of how the role the role works. And this year's sort of been much much better. It has just been that I've really only done big races, you know, big stage races. And I accidentally I was just going to you know long way to get to it, but I did race two weeks ago in uh, in Belgium, the old Benelux Tour. It's called the Renewy Tour now, so it's a one week. Uh, world Tour stage race, and right. I did the um, and Hamburg Classic just before that, a World Tour one day race. Are... So, yeah, so that helped. That gave me some good legs for yesterday on the bike, at least. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. So I definitely do compete in both sports what, simultaneously. What's a week, what, what does trading look like for you then? What does your week look like? Is it dominated then by cycling, or is it dominated by like perhaps the weaker disciplines for you by the running and the, and the swimming? And do you still take Sundays yeah, off? Yeah, everything. Yeah, everything kind of revolves around running. I mean, that's the big one, and that's the, um, the always what's going to be. You know, ride for show, run for dough. And uh, is that right? And I guess that's sort of what we. Yeah, that's what you build the whole structure around. I mean, you can bust everything to make a minute or two on the bike, but you can lose like yesterday when something goes wrong. Okay, that was a little bit unforeseen. It never happened to me before, and. You know, now I know it's possible. I'll figure out what you can do to prevent it, nausea or whatever, and you can lose 20 minutes, you know, off what you think, so, you know, 15 minutes, like a huge amount. Because if you start walking compared to running, the difference in the yeah, speed is Yeah, that's right. You can't roll. You massive. can't roll, can you? Is that, you so, can't roll, yeah. So most yeah. of the top triathlons, the top very best in the world, the ones above you, the few above you, you say, do they come from running yeah. background then? Is that the best kind of base to have or not? Yeah, well, a lot of them have just grown up being triathlon triathletes. The best is that the best is really to be a good swimmer mm. and runner. It's is pretty it? easy to learn how to ride a bike. Mm. Um, being a, being if you can't be a good swimmer, you want to be decent enough and then really good on the bike because, like I've sort of alluded to, especially now, otherwise you never get to the front of the race. You don't know what happens. So, but if yeah. you're a great swimmer, you're kind of at least there. You can feel it, even if you get dropped. At least you kind of see it happen, and you know what happens and you know how to improve um but if you can't swim you know you're starting on the back foot big time particularly this day and age so luckily you know i'm sort of okay and strong enough on the bike to get myself into the race so i've been able to learn the sport i think you know relatively quick quickly and sort of start competing at a pretty high level relatively quickly you know my as i said my whole career i've kind of been you know around where yesterday's performance was at worst you know so um so yeah, that's that's sort of the dynamic of the sport. And so you've been at the top of both of these disciplines, you know, the cycling and the triathletes and the Ironman and rowing. Yeah, and rowing and rowing. <laughs> Don't have forget you, that. Have you ever wanted to race the Tour, the Tour de France? Yeah, I'd love to. But um, when I was at uh, at Liquid Gas, I did the Giro a couple of times, and I guess that was kind of the priority, being an Italian team. And that was my big regret when I stopped. I never really asked or even mm. sort of tried to focus on doing the tour because I just didn't think about it at the time. It was just, you know, it was quite an honor to do the Giro and Italian yeah, team. You yeah. think, oh, I'll do that one day. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, I never did it. And then now you come back to this team and, I mean, you know, we've got 16 winners of the right. tour on the roster. <laughs> That's crazy. So it's pretty hard. It's pretty hard to make the team. And also, it's not really my role. I mean, I'm not. You know, I'm never part of the stream that's targeting the tour. I've I was in Copenhagen last year because they were doing COVID tests. Then if if something happened, I would have gone in. You know, I was like the last no minute way. guy. You were close. I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, and in 2020, I did the Vuelta with the team because there was a crazy scheduling that actually overlapped with the Giro, and so to fill the team. And we had a, I mean, we had a great Vuelta. We ended up um, our guy um, Richard Carapaz was second to Roglic. He only lost by 20 seconds, but. He had the jersey, then Roglic got it back, then he got it back, then Roglic got it back. It was tit for tat. Right. It was an awesome race. And, and I was right in amongst it. Uh, it was probably one of the best races I've done with the team. But yeah, I mean, I guess they, you know, it was just, that was great that I did that. There's obviously other riders that are at the team specifically, you know, there to help the team win the tour. So I'm not really considered um, for that in this team, unfortunately. But you never know. And, I mean, with me, you never know. I never know what's going to happen. Yeah, so, right. uh, you know, something might something might change next year, and who knows? I might be on the start line. Your ability is is just to be able to shape yourself into different sports. Right, exactly. right. I've never heard anything like it. Say here, I'm going. What? Who is this bloke? Like, it's just mad, really, the way you can spread yourself. And I've, I don't know. I just, yeah, it's unbelievable, isn't it? I just can't get my head around it. I mean, yeah, maybe off the back of that, like, <clears throat> what what do you feel like does make a 
what's this, what what is it that separates a good athlete from a great athlete because you've been at, at the highest level in so many different sports and even even the things you dabble in like going to unbound and riding mountain bikes and things like that yeah i um i mean i was about to say i think yesterday even more so i probably got a bit complacent with this sport because of the trajectory i was on and thought oh yeah i could waltz back into cycling do that as well and keep going but this sport has sort of also gone like this mm. at the time that i've kind of taken the foot off the focus a bit and missing that swim pack although i had actually improved my swim compared to last year i got dropped pretty much straight away last year and was never in the racing kona i worked really hard on it but maybe spreading myself a bit too thin is a difference between you know making that and being able to actually make sure you have that phenomenal performance like that great performance we talk about here because if i'd been able to make that group i would have been with another guy on the bike and you know i would have completely changed the dynamic yeah. of the entire day um ideally i wouldn't have had that issue on the run who knows mm -hmm. but but you know it's it's a bit like you know when you get in the lead it's it's such a different it's such a different race especially when you know nine out of ten races that i go to and even kind of a couple of years where i am leading the thing you know, I'm used to that. I'm used to being in front and then having to fight. But I think the biggest thing I've noticed with people like, you know, uh, Fruby or, or Tom, you know, Garrett, you know, the guys I've been closest to is, you know, they're and, – and also, you know, I work with Nike and, and the running work they do. It's the same group as Kipchoge's group, so I kind of mm -hmm. know what he's up to. Um, is the specificity of what they do to their task of what they right. have to execute. You know, they they, they – I mean, I've said it before in, in some podcasts, but, you know, if you haven't done it in training, you won't do it in a race. I mean, mm. that's a, a bit of a broad term in that, of course, there's some specificities to that you just sort of can't do. But in reality, I mean, the stuff that Tom talks about with the testing, with the suspension and the tires, and blah, 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 I'm just like, what? that stuff is just way beyond me. Right. I just think, oh, I'll just do a heap of exercise and I'll go and race and everything will be fine. <laughs> but, then, but then, yeah, you know, now that my sport has sort of evolved from that, psyche and guys are actually a bit scientific now right. coolings and things and suit the arrow stuffs and thing i'm all of a sudden a bit on the back foot because i haven't dedicated the time to all those little bits and pieces to make you know that corner yesterday that i just freaking smacked into you know that should never have happened you know i i i i thought i knew the descent pretty well but i knew i didn't know it perfectly and that's just down to me not dedicating the time yeah. to a specific task but because i've got so much other stuff going on right i also kind of don't have the time and that and that i think kind of has is sort of holding me back a bit from maybe being one of the greats do you feel like you could actually be specific i mean your personality on one hand you know you're not necessarily focused on it but on the other hand it seems like it's almost what makes you tick yeah that's what scares me because i I worry that if I did all of a sudden specify, you know, be incredibly specific on something that maybe I'd stuff that up. And then, <laughs> so I guess it's kind of like a safety net, you know, sort of just doing everything pretty well. Um, but I definitely feel like maybe I need to learn, and this is probably important for going forward in life. I think no matter what I do, you know, obviously I'd like to evolve into, into the finance world at some point. Fortunately, you know, all those contacts I made at the place where I found a job, you know, there's all those opportunities still there for me. But I definitely need to compartmentalize, you know, you know, periodize, sorry, you know, maybe doing things properly at certain times. You know, I mean, I think, you know, I think back to my preparation for this race. And while last week I thought I'd done everything I could or that I wanted to do that I thought was right, I can look back and go, you know what? I got that wrong. I got that wrong. Mm. I got that wrong. I really should have gone to the team much earlier with that request. You know, I should have spoken to Pinarello earlier about this. I should have actually tested the two bikes we were talking about instead of, you know, sort of assuming that I knew the answer. Um, you know, tires was another, you know, that it, there was, there's certainly a bunch of things that I've now written down and, and gone, you know what, I need to dedicate more time. If you genuinely want to try and win something like this, you know, I mean, no different to any world title and anything, you, you know, the backgrounds you guys have got. But it's, yeah, you've, you've got to do all those bits because, someone's going to do it right <laughs> someone yeah. else is going to definitely do them and <laughs> they're going to be ready and they're more like it's more likely that more than one person is going to do all those bits so yeah otherwise yeah you resign yourself to being okay so do you think you'll be able to win one of these iron men then do you think you you know is it it's obviously on your radar but you think you you can do it like because 
yeah like you say you're gonna have to really specify yeah. and really concentrate on some some things leading into it yeah no i i genuinely do and yesterday i mean obviously i've won other you know iron bands like regional ones you know over, over the years yeah different sure. countries but um but as far as kona goes or the world championship yeah i genuinely do otherwise i'd happily go off and do something else i mean there's mm. There's certainly a lot of other great things I could do that excite me. Probably wouldn't but be cricket. I don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I genuinely believe that if I do just knuckle down and uh, over the next what's well, 13 months next year, you know, to be back in Hawaii in, in October, um, especially after the experience I had this year, where I was so close to holding that swim group, which I knew would have changed so much, and then even on the bike, at times I was sort of close to clawing my way back you know, to the front couple of guys and sort of, it just sort of stayed there. Then I crashed and then sort of came back. And then obviously the run worked out the way it did. You know, there was enough there to say, no, look, I'm still there. You know, I'm still one of the few guys that can actually genuinely believe the, I mean, I started honestly believing I could win. Otherwise I wouldn't have raced the way I did. Yeah. You know, yeah, I obviously yeah, went way yeah. above myself to survive as long as I could in the swim. I could have easily just sat back and swam with another group and swam comfortably and then had a good bike ride and then had a solid run. But I knew if I wanted to win the thing, I had to try and be there. Yeah. And um, and there's enough of that there that just motivates the hell out of me to do things better and come back and have another crack at it in, you know, 13 months' time. And so is that is that your goal? I, I mean, I thought it was so interesting, you know, reading that you had set these two really specific goals in, in 21 about being on the team and and also about winning and you kind of met both of those you have that now like for 23 or even 24 yeah well i mean every year since I me mean, my goal was to win a race and um yeah win an ironman the same year the last two years i've won some been a part of some wins with the team but yeah i haven't been able to win an ironman so this year the rest of this year there's still a few opportunities there's a couple of you know races in the u.s there's one in Mexico that I can do. So, you know, in November. So I'm going to knuckle down and see if I can finish the year on a high and, huh. and tick both of those. But obviously, you know, if, if I could ever have like the dream, like the absolute dream scenario yeah. in sport, it would be to be part of a winning Tour de France team and then win Kona. I mean, that would be to me, that would be <laughs> the most incredible thing ever. <laughs> Yeah. I don't think I've ever yeah. heard like a more no. lofty goal, but also one if you were like, yeah, like I, I, Cam, <laughs> Cam, Cam was on the winning team, you know, in the tour and he also won Kona. I'd be like, yeah, I guess it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, the scary <laughs> thing is, is that we know that you could actually do it. That's almost the maddest bit about it. But that is, yeah. And there can't be anyone else on earth that can do that, right? Not at the moment. No, 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 not really, no. And, uh, yep, just casual. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's insane. It is. Yeah, yeah I've never heard it. I haven't heard it. Yeah. What are the things hey, you... All or nothing, you know, it's like a lot of guys have won Kona. A lot of guys have been on winning teams in the Tour de France. A lot of guys have won the Tour de France. So why not distinguish yourself somehow? Yeah. You know? <laughs> out of, out of, you know, the cycling, the rowing and the triathlon, is there a favourite? Is there one... I mean, it feels to me like you can get your teeth stuck more into a triathlon because it goes on longer and you clearly enjoy pain. <laughs> That's how it seems. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, obviously I appreciate everything I learned from rowing because that gave me the foundation to do everything else I've done. You know, the camaraderie, the teamwork, um, you know, suffering. I mean, it's a painful sport yeah. as far as fatigue goes. Um, but, and a skill-based sport, you know, I think one of the most important things that anyone can learn or we teach our kids is to learn. I mean, just to yeah. learn, to learn yeah. a skill and then you can apply that to basically anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love drive. I mean, I love, I love exercising and then the sport of triathlon really rewards that, you know, <laughs> yeah. you just have to do a lot of it and that'll get you so far. Obviously now I've learned, I've got to do a few little bits and pieces, some smaller details and get them right as well. But I genuinely love the challenge. I mean, every time I get in the pool, I don't get in the pool and just swim for the sake of it because I have to swim 3K today or 5K or 6 or whatever it is. Um, or go for a run, even if it's, you know, 30K or 40K or, you know, a track session. I'm Every time I'm doing, I'm genuinely trying to get better because I, and every day I do feel like I can get better because yeah. I feel like I'm still relatively new to that. Um, I guess cycling is a bit more one-dimensional and a bit more social. I've always generally got the you know, guys in Andorra to train with, and that's that's awesome. Bit of a switch-off sort of time, but yeah, yeah, I love the challenge of you know trying to be better at something I'm not good at, and um, and so triathlon really really uh, gives me everything I want out of a out of a sport. That's for sure. Cool. 
Well, Cam, this has been so cool. I uh, definitely have. actually didn't know that athletes as, uh, I don't even know, as accomplished, as mentally tough existed. It's it's super cool to, to get to know you and really, really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Definitely, it was eye-opening to listen to you. Well, I've actually got a favor from a favor to ask you guys. So, Ironman now they've announced, and I and I, I'm guessing though they might stick to their word, but they split the men and the women. So uh-huh. when I say Kona's 13 months away, so we raced yesterday here our world championship. The women race next month in Hawaii like normal, and then next year they're doing a switch. So in theory, in 25, we'll be back here in Nice. So before that. I want to do a couple of lessons with you guys about going downhill so that I can turn hey, I that was into well, a... As you said, you know, you're out with Tom all the time. You're on the same team. I did. I was going to ask you if we're going to see you at a mountain bike world cup. Yeah. You've got the fitness. Sounds like you've got the skills. Seems like another sport Clapping, you might want to yeah, tick off. I'll be there with the pom-poms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No way. You should be on the track. <laughs> You'll be on the track. I can see it now. <laughs> we have talked about Cape Epic. Ah, oh, here we go. Gate, gateway, gateway, he's coming. I love it. I would, I would love to. Whenever you're, whenever and you're then, in California. But then I said to him, yeah. Well, then I said, then I said to him, I, what if I might do the co-ed thing with Pauline? That might be more. Even though she'd still drop my backside, but you know, be, maybe I can keep up a bit better. Uh, <laughs> I know. I saw. You, I, I guess you guys do ride a little bit. As you guys are teammates, I saw she commented on on your uh, post about the worlds. Yeah, yeah. No, she's been in Andorra quite a bit, so. um yeah, and obviously I get on well with Dylan. Boy, you know, I was there with him when he won Roubaix the year before. So, um, yeah, no, she's great. She's great to have around. Oh, and um, fun, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we have joked about we have joked about doing some events. So, uh, yeah, okay, it's true. I can't say I won't ever do a mountain bike for me. Exclusive. We've got it. We've got it. World Cup. Watch out. He's coming. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I actually, yeah. Yeah, well, I think you'll beat it. I, I believe it, I, I'm too. waiting yeah. now. Yeah, totally. Expectantly yeah, for you yeah, to yeah. turn up at a mountain bike World Cup. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Kim. Yeah. This has been great. And I, yeah, whenever, 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 they, especially in Andorra, we got to all three of us, we yeah. got to go for a ride. Yeah, we will. Next That's year. it. It's that a date. That sounds good. Downhill only. Downhill yeah, only. only. I want sh- a shuttle to the top. <laughs> yeah, God. Oh, God. Yeah, well, hey, if I can survive Mark Williams' plays, honestly, I think I can take on anything. <laughs> he's definitely tried to hurt me and has successfully done so, but I've always bounced back and come back for more. So, yeah, it's a date. Uh, well, we'll see you soon. And, uh, yeah, good luck for the rest of the season. Thanks, Provost Cam. Beauty. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Cheers. Rob, Cam is one of the most wild people I have ever heard of in my entire life, let alone talk to. Exactly. I mean, it, it, to listen to him and, and just he just takes it all in his stride. He, the big smile on his face hides the absolute agonizing pain <laughs> that he goes through at these events. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just so... I don't know. It's just he it takes it all in his stride. Well, I, he I, loves. He loves it. He just absolutely loves. That's what I was gonna say. Hurting himself. Yeah. You know, and he's and it's taken him a lifetime. Yeah. To kind of get to this point of and this fitness level and yeah, unbelievable to be a world champion rower. Yeah. To ride. Yeah. You know, for Ineos yeah, Grenadiers, for the, the professional best road cycling team. I mean, at this point, I, I don't even know if it's pain. I feel like it's pleasure. Yeah. But it's uh, yeah. it is it is amazing to see him. You know, and. I thought it was so fascinating that he has been around so many athletes. And when he was kind of talking about, you know, if I specialized, will I lose what is kind of my special dust and, and what makes me great? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, yeah, to listen to him saying about the, you know, to, to, to the fact that he takes Parry Roubaix almost as a training ride and follows it up with a half marathon for training. <laughs> yeah, right. That, that, that pretty that much was said everything I needed one. to know yeah, about him. Yeah. That was it. Right there, I was like, yeah, this guy's nuts. So I think it's crazy that, you know, we've had on Luke Rowe, who is captain for Ineos, yeah. and been on a world tour winning team, won the Tour de France. Yeah. And we've also had on Payson McElveen, who has won all of these amazing gravel races. And here, you know, is Cam, 
who has competed with both of these yeah. people, yeah. you know, in, in their disciplines, it shows you at the level that he plays at in all these Goes mountain sports. biking with Tom Pitcock, yeah, the right. Olympic and world champion yeah. a lot. You know, he can hang with him on a bike. It's mad. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he if he also is uh, going around with Laura Kinney on the on the velodrome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know where we're going to see him next, yeah. but it's going to be something pretty wild and pretty extreme i think don't you yeah I, I can't wait to see what what happens next and as a reminder to our listeners if you want to get in touch with us or have your message read out on the next pod send us an email podcast at redbull.com or hit us up on socials absolutely and don't forget that a new episode of just ride drops every other tuesday you'll find us wherever you listen to your podcast and in the unlikely event you want to see us visually <laughs> then you can check it out on red bull tv and redbull.com we will see you next time